The Home Show with Sinead Ryan. This is News Talk. Welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. On the show this morning, we get a painting masterclass from Home Rescue's Pete the Builder. Do you want to grow your own veg? We hear from the man behind the Big Grow. From the Curra to Las Vegas, I talk to the creator of must-have Irish sustainable and natural soaps. If you need some Valentine's Day gift inspiration, we have our guide to the ideal presents for the design lover in your life. And silk pillowcases. What exactly is this new trend sweeping the country's bedrooms? If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text us here on The Home Show at 53106 for 30 cent. You can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. You'll find me on Twitter at Sinead underscore Ryan and over on Insta at Sinead Ryan 100. Lots and lots of ways for you to get in touch. And of course, you can listen live or you can listen back to the show and our podcasts on the Newstalk app, which is powered by Go Loud. Now, it's always an exciting week when the Oscar nominations uh, get announced and it was great to see so much Irish interest, uh, particularly Belfast, uh, which got a nod for a load of categories, including Best Film, Best Director for Kenneth Branagh, Kieran Hines and, of course, Supporting Actress for our own Katrina Balfe. I saw the film and honestly, if you haven't been, please go. A lot of people, lot of people asked me whether it was too grimy or violent and I suppose when we think film set during the Troubles, that's a fair kind of thought that you'd have but actually it's not about that at all it's about how home is perceived through a child's eyes it's autobiographical so Branagh himself is the viewpoint and his family left Belfast to escape the increasing bombings but actually do you know this is a story about love and community and relationships and it's about home being a place of sanctuary and I suppose that's the important message and it got me thinking about what home really means for us uh, I don't know about you for me it's that feeling if I come in after a really tough day and it's a rotten day out and I'm tired and I come in the front door close it and dump my stuff in the hall and uh, you know it's like that deep breath moment Um, so I want to ask you what does home mean for you is it curling up in your favourite chair is it getting into your own bed at night or maybe it's just pottering around the kitchen with the radio on maybe news talk listening to us I'd love uh, I'd love to know home is where the heart is so where is yours text me on 53106 or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com and you're very welcome along Now, 50,000 children. That's how many my next guest wants to get growing their own vegetables across the country in what has been called the Big Grow. So to tell me more about this and some of the other initiatives in place to encourage us all to grow our own fruit and veg, I'm joined once again by Michael Kelly, founder of GIY, Grow It Yourself, down in Washford. Good morning, Michael. Welcome back to the show. Good morning. How are you, Sinead? Lovely to talk to you. And you, indeed. Now, of course, people will know you from the RTE series Grow, Cook, Eat. But tell me a little bit or remind listeners what it is you do down in GIY in Washford. Yeah, so uh, we're a social enterprise, Sinead. So we we basically, our mission is to is to teach the world to grow some of their own food, basically. That's, that's what uh, gets us up in the morning. And it's basically, I think we see food growing, I suppose, as kind of, um it's kind of like a gateway drug into a whole range of of kind of more sustainable behaviors so what we find is that when people grow some of their own food they tend to do all of the things that all the scientists tell us we need to do to to save the planet so we 
eat more plants and we waste less food and we buy more organic and more seasonal food and we protect biodiversity and all sorts of things. And so um, it's a really important thing, I think, if we can get people to grow a little bit of their own food, even if it's only 5% of the food that they eat, it has this huge impact outside of the veg patch or, or outside of your little bit of growing that you're doing. And Indeed. so that's, that's what we do. I think the waste thing is really important because, I mean, I grow on a very, very modest scale myself, just herbs and tomatoes and things like that. But actually, you find you don't want to waste a single one of them. They take so long and so much care to get them to the edible stage. Um, Absolutely. So where I think when you buy them in the supermarket, it's kind of, oh, there's a few rotten ones at the end or it goes a bit off. Yeah, and you just think nothing of chucking it away. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like I always think and also the value of food, like I, I always think with carrots, um, the carrots are kind of a little tricky to grow. And if I manage to get like a, a fantastic bunch of carrots, if someone came up to me at the gate uh, in the garden and said, you know, I give you 49 cents for that bunch of carrots, you mm. know, you you throw them at them, you know, because you've worked so hard to get them. And, and so I think it teaches you a little bit about the the real value of food and how um, what, how much care and attention has to go into producing it. So I think that that's a, uh, and as you say, much less inclined to waste what you grow yourself. And and I think uh, kids much more inclined to try growing something that they've they've grown themselves. Mm. Um, we were in a school last week launching the big grow actually, and and the caretaker was telling me that um, one of the mothers told him that his her, her child would never eat leeks um but they grew leeks in the school and he took what home and she made i don't know i think a, a chicken and leek pie or something and the child was like wolfing it into him and <laughs> you know he said she said why would you eat that leek now and she said that that wasn't just any leek that was my leek you know ah, isn't that it and that the ownership it, you know? and i i hear that like during lockdown when everybody kind of got into maybe growing their own um there was that kind of uh, kind of plant parenthood <laughs> came about yeah. that ownership with it now we'll talk about the big grow in a few moments but uh, let me just chat to you about the seed subscription service that you have because I think people are they do want to do this they've aspirations to put things in pots but they just don't know where to go and maybe a little bit embarrassed about going into a garden centre and asking the basics well, like the garden centre is a pretty daunting place, you know, the veg, the veg growing aisle, it's like, Jesus Christ, you know, where do I start here? <laughs> so I, I can totally emphasise with that. And so we like we wanted to create, I suppose, products and, and, and subscriptions and things that would kind of make it a little bit easier for people. So we kind of felt there was there was three key components to giving people a successful, you know, experience i suppose of this um one is you need the right the right kit so the right the right kind of things at the right time you don't need the whole the whole aisle from the garden center i think um the second thing you need is the is the right knowledge so you need to know how to do it because you know uh, the the kit is no good without a bit of knowledge about what you're supposed to do next and then the last thing i think and this is really important is is a sort of a tribe to share the journey with because you can learn a huge amount from other people that are at the same kind of level as you. So we created a whole range of kind of um, subscriptions and growing growing starter kits called grow boxes. And, you know, really to get you the, the right things into your hand at the right time of the year. So our seed subscription, we deliver, you know, things you need to sow that month. Um, 
and then follow it up with you know online courses and uh, you know interactive kind of q and a's with expert gardeners and oh brilliant okay so so they're resources. not people aren't left to their own devices with a bag of seeds yeah, and a bit of compost of, exactly we kind of hold hold your hand a little bit along the way because like i I suppose didn't didn't have any horticulture background. Like I worked in IT before I started GIY, yeah. so I I kind of know what it's like to be a little bit afraid of it, a little yeah. bit daunted by it, afraid to to be you know make a fool of yourself and and not get it right. So okay, so what what would be in? So tell me now, what's in February's subscription, for instance? What should we be planting this month? Yeah, so like February is kind of the kickoff month. Uh, so in the January and February uh, subscriptions, we're sending out things that you sow, you can sow around this time. So we're we're looking at things like tomatoes and aubergines and chilies, which are sort of um, we're starting them off inside. It's too cold for most mm-hmm. things outside at the moment, but they have a very long growing season and. Um, it's it's good to get them started earlier, so we'd be starting with those um, this month. Um, later in February and 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 into early March, we can look at things like peas, um, parsnips, uh, kale, things like that. So we're yeah. sort of tentatively starting to sow things, mainly starting things off in mm. the house in mm. a little pot or a container. Yeah, and you can actually just um, keep before. those on the windowsill or, you know, in a space where the sun comes in. I mean, the chilies must be the easiest thing in the world to grow. They always come out for me and if I can do it, anybody can. You get a beautiful looking plant apart from anything else, don't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. Real ornamental, beautiful, mm. particularly mm. the red, red mm. varieties. I love a variety called Hungarian wax, which is a Sounds like a treatment, but it's actually a vegetable um, that you just uh, as harsh, I'm sure. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of mildish. It's somewhere between a, a regular bell pepper and a chili pepper, so it's it's kind of nice and mild. So that's a subscription, Michael. Uh, Twelve fifty uh, per month um, for that, and you yeah. get all of the stuff sent to you, and then access to the the kind of how how to do it and the class and all that kind of thing exactly and we do an online we do an online q a once a month as well with either myself or our head grower here richard and you know just just to sort of deal with questions that people have so that's sort of again support that sort of supportive tribe that's there to kind of help you along the way as well now i'm conscious um, michael that an awful lot of listeners would would not have a great deal of space and maybe not even a garden and they might be trying to grow stuff just maybe in a balcony Uh, so what would you recommend for them kale isn't going to be an option there well you know it is it is really i think the way to think about it is that like everything you can grow outside in the ground you can also grow in a pot or container all right okay we 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 have a, a course actually on our on our website and a grow box related to it called the ultimate starter and so there's 10 we grow 10 veg in 10 months and um, all the kind of things you'd expect like tomatoes chilies peas carrots etc and all 10 of them so we grow them in a small sort of model um suburban back garden so just three raised beds very small amount of space in its own right but we also grow all 10 of the veg in pots and containers in a, in a kind of replica, replica balcony to show people that you can do that oh interesting um, so okay. we often yeah like we often get kind of hung up thinking well i can't do that because i don't have a garden but mm. everything will grow in containers now i know that you have um a new podcast out um so food done right which is available on all the platforms what, what was your kind of thinking around that you know food growing we always feel can be as i said at the start like this gateway or a, a lever into 
all sorts of other sort of um, bigger picture mm. sustainability mm. kind of themes and issues. So that's what we want to wanted to explore. Um, okay. And so in the, in each of the episodes, we look at food growing in different in different settings. So we have an episode about uh, food growing at home, where we interview a guy who got the Obamas growing in the White House. Uh, we've we've we talk about food growing in schools, obviously food growing in in hospitals, um, all sorts of various settings. We we've a chef who's the high performance um, uh, chef for the IRFU for the rugby teams and so on. So it's just it's just kind of thinking about about we always think that food food growing is food done right because it's the best way to really mm. understand food as it should be and and explore all those issues so it's it's really looking at each of those in turn over the the six episodes of the podcast we're really proud of it and it's it's out there on all the uh, platforms as and so you should be that's called food done right now just finally uh, and briefly michael talk to me about the um big grow project with schools yeah, so the Big Grow, we, we've partnered with Innocent for, I think this is year 10 or possibly even year 11 at this stage. We've been doing this for a long time. I think over 1.6 million children in total have taken part in that time. And as you said in your intro, 50,000 uh, will take part this year. Really simple. Again, similar to the Growbox product that I talked about, just about getting the right, you know, the right stuff into a teacher's hands so that they can run a really simple food growing experience for children in the classroom. So any teacher can take part, regardless of whether they have the the knowledge or the space themselves. Fantastic. Just make it really easy for them, and and teachers can sign up now to take part. It's it's completely free for them. Now, just give us a, a handle again on how people can get in touch with you. It's giy.ie, isn't that right? That's it. Yeah, all the stuff about You're on all the, the stuff. grow and <laughs> yeah. all of the all of the products we talked about and seed subscription and all. That's ah, that's where brilliant. the starting point. Goi.ie. All right, Mick. It's great to talk to you again, and thanks, thanks a million for joining us on the Home Show. Now it's that time in the show where we look at those 48-hour DIY jobs that you can do this weekend. You'll remember Roisin last week was talking about painting radiators and we got a lot of questions into the show asking how you should go about painting different surfaces uh, because it's not one job fits all. So we thought we'd do a home show masterclass on painting and there's only one man for the job. It's Pete the Builder from Home Rescue, Peter Finn of MDS Construction. Morning, welcome back to the show, Peter. Hey, Sinead, how are you? Thank I'm you not, very much for having me back on. Not too bad at all. Now, listen, when it comes to painting, I, I know that there are different techniques and paints for different surfaces. Uh, and I think people get confused because they're not doing it as often as you'd be doing it. Uh, so talk to me first. Let's start with the basics with walls and new walls and then old walls. And, and what do you need to do? Uh, there's a bit of TLC required before you, you take out the nice colour you've bought. Isn't that right? Yeah, the thing that I like to see in a painter's hand is a piece of sandpaper, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm honest, um, especially on the first couple of days. Um, so it like, definitely applies to walls, but it applies to pretty much every surface. You've got to really have a look at what you're up against in terms of what's the texture that's in front of you, and what's the condition of it, what's the stability of it. And then you have to make your choices as to what your next step is. Pretty much the first step is always a preparation phase and you need to literally get the sandpaper out and you, you need to start sanding the walls to get a feel for for, for what the, the wall kind of has in terms of its stability. A scraper as well, scrape off any undulations, you know, make sure that, that the surface that you're going to start painting to is stable because 
I think we've all had that moment where we've we've put the roller in and uh, to the paint, and then you roll up the wall, and you end up with a load of bits of plaster oh, stuck to the I know to the, to the roller. Yeah. You know, do you know what? For the girls out there, I think it's a bit like that kind of exfoliation piece. You know, you do that before you put on your makeup. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> very satisfying in yeah. one way, but it's also very frustrating in another way. <laughs> I can imagine. So, like, and that does take a lot of time because I mean, people go out and they buy their beautiful kind of color trend or farrow and ball or whatever, and they can't yeah. wait to get it up and have a look at it yeah, but, but you're yeah. saying invest the time into getting the wall yeah. as smooth as a baby's proverbial yeah yeah you've, you've got to make, make sure like getting it smooth is definitely I'd nearly call that the second step the first step is to make sure it's stable so you're, you're, you're making sure you scrape off you, you would often especially in an old building you'd have um, loose plaster in certain areas and again it, it depends on the age of the building but you, you may like gypsum plaster is, is the plaster we would have kind of generally uh, throughout our country and um, a duty of sand and cement base on older buildings, and then a, there's there's a, a gypsum. You could come across some some lime in in really old buildings as well. Mm. So you really just have to check and see what the stability is like. Give it a quick scrape, sand it down, and prep it. And then you're at the filling stage. So then you're saying to yourself, right, I'm going to fill now and get this wall smooth. Now some people like to keep the kind of rustic feel. I know my good colleague Roshin likes to go for. <laughs> Some, some rustic and Venetian as she calls it and again Venetian that, that, yeah in yeah, other words yeah. you know raggedy and bare and as it comes yeah. and she loves that old look you know she does and I, I'll be honest I really like it as well and when Roshin uses it in certain she uses it more as a feature at times and yeah. it, it works really really well but it is it is a it's a skill in itself getting a wall to look like that because sometimes if it doesn't it can just look unfinished. So yeah. you know, and people come in and they say, "Oh, you haven't started the painting yet." I thought you were <laughs> did. You run out of paint at that stage? Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, it, really, what you're looking to do then is you got to decide, like you know, if it's really old building, do you want to keep the rustic feel, or do you want to try and get that wall nice and yeah. smooth, yeah. And, and and then get your paints on, you know, and get it down. Okay, um, and of course, yeah. undercoats and all of that is really important before you you apply the color. Yeah. So really, what you're looking for is you're looking for a base layer that's going to grip. So you're looking for Whatever base you put onto any surface, again, particularly when it's 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 a gypsum or, or plaster wall, you're looking to make sure that your force base gets a good grip, it sinks in, and and it's stable. Because again, you don't want to have that moment of you know getting your paint on and then you start seeing blisters and bubbles because it's really difficult to ever get back uh, to a to a nice smooth yeah, finish if yeah. that does happen to you. Now, uh, this kind of conversation was sparked because Roisin last week was talking about painting radiators and, yeah, and I think yeah. painting metal is a skill in itself but painting radiators probably is even a little bit harder because you obviously have to cater for the fact that it's going to get very hot uh, yeah. and, and then cold. Yeah. Again, you just need to make sure that you put your preparation in. How old is the radiator? Is there, you know, is there some rust on it? If there is, you need to get that off. Most radiators will have come with a base layer on them so they'll have a pre-finish on it. So you just need to make sure again that you put a good uh, a, a grip undercoat or a, mm. or a base layer or a primer, and then after that, then you, you want to make sure that you use a paint that is is not going to give you an issue. You don't want to be using an ordinary emulsion. Um, on oh the right, so it's yeah. a special paint just for metal surfaces, is it? Yeah, well, not just for metal surfaces. Also, you know, you want to paint to make sure it's going to be able to take a little bit of heat. Mm. And, you know, you've obviously got both. You've got, you know, the radiator will heat up quite a lot and then it will obviously cool down. And again, in in cold times, you know, metal is a a, a very strong conductor of heat. So your radiator can go quite cold. So, you know, that transition between the two uh, temperatures can create issues. So you just want to make sure that the paints that you use are suitable. Okay, now, uh, one of the things that came up, and I think... um, 
possibly COVID lockdown had a lot to do with this trend becoming popular and people yeah. began painting tiles uh, yeah. and you know bathroom tiles and plain tiles that people have and maybe do, you know jazzing them up with a different colour how awkward is that to do is that a straightforward thing well, it's it's not a difficult thing in terms of, you know, there's nothing really complicated about it. But again, it's really just about making sure you use the right material and you, you prepare it properly. So tiles will obviously be used in an area, usually a kitchen or a, or a bathroom. So you're going to have moisture and, you're, you know, in a, in a kitchen, you're going to have some grease. So you're going to just have some, you know, the the... the the general environment of a kitchen is going to be slightly different than most uh, of the mm. other parts of your house. So you need to get in, you need to you make sure you clean it down, put a bit of time and effort into making sure that you clean off the, the ceramic surface or the tile surface as clean as you can. Mm. And then after that, then your base layer again, and the, the ladies will love this one, um, shellac paint. So oh. you know you've got your, your We're not going to waste that on tiles when we could be putting <laughs> it on our nails. <laughs> well, you can buy it by the bucket load now, you see, you didn't realise this. But, uh, <laughs> so if you put a shellac onto it there, uh, shellac uh, paint, it, it will it will give you a grip. And again, it that, that sticks like nothing else. Let me tell you. There you <laughs> so go. There you work. go. So All right. Make sure okay. you protect everything else because uh, shellac. Right. Yeah. Who knew? Who knew? There's a good excuse. <laughs> go to the nail salon this week to pick up paint for your tiles. Right, Peter Finn uh, of MDS Construction. Thanks so much for joining us this morning on the Home Show. Thank you, Sinead. Now, we love to bring you Irish success stories here on The Home Show. And my next guest is certainly one of them. Their website describes them as a family-run Irish skincare brand specialising in ethical, natural, high-end soaps. And it all came about due to the family discovering their son was allergic to mass-produced soaps and shampoos. So to tell me more, I'm joined by Magda Seymour, creative director and co-founder of Pure Oscar, morning Magda, welcome to studio. Good morning, thank you so much for having me. Now, that story about how you got started is a very interesting one. T- tell our listeners a little bit about it. Yeah, so even though our company is uh, relatively young, over a year and a half, really pure Oscar idea was born a long time ago, a couple of years ago when our son Oscar reacted badly to mass-produce products like um, soaps and shampoos. Uh, we had no choice but just uh, research and uh, see what we could do ourselves. And we just realized there is a lot of ingredients, that natural ingredients that may help. So we designed first soap and we used an Oscar. And after maybe a couple of days, uh, the skin uh, improved. So, uh, yeah, that's how um, we started. We only for uh, many years, we were making soap just for ourselves and for family, friends, friends. Uh, it wasn't uh, a business at all. It was just a necessity for us. I know that you live down in the Curra and you're based down there with your business. Um, so w- were you in the beauty industry before that or did you come to it with any experience at all? No, not <laughs> not at all. Um, I, uh, I worked for a travel industry all my life and we didn't have any previous experience in uh, cosmetic uh, sector or soap making. Uh, my husband works in biopharma, so he was very... Uh, useful he here. You get through the ingredient list yeah, and nothing else. Exactly. Right. Okay. I was that creative person uh, to think about uh, yeah, ingredients as well and fragrances or essential oils. 
but we just we are self learners so basically we uh, research a lot of online i did a course in botanical formulation mm-hmm. now you've brought in some of these beautiful products into um studio and these are they're lovely so i can smell them through the box actually so you've carrot cucumber aloe vera that sounds like it's very calming and cooling this one is actually the first one we uh, created and uh, it was because of uh, oscar skin mm. so aloe vera has got that anti-inflammatory uh, properties yes. uh, so cucumber and carrot and that's how we started now we keep his dry skin eczema under control with uh, that one okay. uh, that's a uh, honey soap so honey we use Irish organic honey yeah so um, um, honey has um, that uh, moisturizing uh, properties so oh that's, they're uh, lovely look at that and it has it has a kind of beautifully formulated lovely color actually Magda really really nice but there's one that's drawing my eye <laughs> and I can't Let escape guess. it. Out of all the beautiful bars of soap, there is one here, which is, oh folks, I'll, I'll pop a picture of this up my Instagram. It's a sheep. It's a sheep soap. It a is. Soap in it, the shape of a sheep. Talk to me about how the sheep Am I thinking the curra was your inspiration for the sheep? There's plenty of them Isn't down that there. Isn't uh, very obvious? Yeah. We were actually asked to make a gift from Ireland for a big trade show in Las Vegas. Okay. Um, And uh, uh, they asked for the gift with a wow factor. And (laughs) (laughs) we didn't think too long, I guess, uh, being based in the Kura. Sheep was a very obvious um, Mm. choice. Uh, So the first herd of Sheep went to Las Vegas, like a couple of hundred of them, and the feedback, feedback was amazing. So that's how we knew it, it, it is a great. Uh, Do you know? Product. I like it's such an Irish um, iconic <laughs> sheep, like the pint of Guinness, you know, or the harp, uh, and it's just gorgeous. You've made a little kind of cartoon sheep, and it is. So I'd be afraid to use that. I wouldn't want to use. That's that. what happens. We get uh, <laughs> pictures from clients all over the world uh, mm. with the sheep sitting on the shelf in the bathroom as an ornament. Yeah, but it is a great soap. So please use yes. it. Uh, uh, we use uh, activated charcoal for the heads, so okay. that's uh, for the grey color. Uh, we always uh, try to use natural. Um, yeah. Colorant, so uh, either a charcoal or uh, okay. clays. Now you've moved on, of course. It's not just soaps. I know that you're doing like shampoo bars and you have gift boxes and all that. So let me have a look at this. Um, talk to me a little bit about how you spread your range, how you're doing different things. Yeah, so we, we always uh, base uh, the, the range on the natural ingredients. So I mm. mentioned the cucumber, aloe vera and carrot and also honey. Uh, but uh, the one my favourite personally would be the she uh, butter and oats. Uh, we don't need to... Uh, introduced she butter is very well known in yes. the cosmetic yeah. industry but we use oats uh, they work like extra exfoliant okay. uh, so that's a good um, use for your porridge folks yeah. <laughs> I morning. don't eat porridge Skin but uh, I love oats in the, in the soap uh, and we work uh, very hard and we put a lot of thoughts on the design so uh, on the gift box yeah. uh, uh, as you can see all the packaging we wanted to be fun light but also show the premium product that we what that we make now all these products are made still 
in, in a down. shed in your garden. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We build up uh, at the back of the house um, the workshop, and uh, yeah, the, all the products are um, uh, made there. So uh, and do you have enough space? Are you, is that go- it, are you going to continue it, there? We are actually running out of space on yeah. this stage. We didn't uh, really realize uh, uh, how quick uh, the company will grow, and it's a year and a half and. Uh, Probably at the end of this year, we will have to move to the bigger <laughs> premises. But that's the only good, that's a good thing. Now, um, I, local enterprise were very important in this. And I know the Leos around the country do great work in, in helping small businesses kind of get going. And particularly during COVID now, when you, you would have had all sorts of issues. Uh, so tell me about how they helped you and... Um, and where we can your products are being showcased later this month. Yeah, so we had uh, I have to say great support from a local enterprise office. Um, they were amazing uh, over last year, and now we are going to another up end up on a showcase island at the end of this month. Uh, this is in the local enterprise showcase at Showcase Ireland at the RDS. Now that's on from February the twenty seventh to March second, and you're going to be visiting there and showing off your stuff. Yeah, we're exhibiting there and uh, it's an amazing opportunity for a new startup company. So Magda, where can people find out more about uh, you and, and Pure Oscar? We have a website, uh, www.pureoscar.com. That's Oscar with a K. Oscar with a K. <laughs> okay. Uh, we are also on Instagram and Facebook and both handles are at Pure Oscar. All of the outlets. Okay. Well, listen, folks, hop on, have a look at that. You won't be able to smell the sheep, but I can (laughs) promise you it doesn't smell a bit like a sheep. It's very, very nice indeed. Magda Seymour, continued success to you, Tony and Oscar. Uh, And thank you for coming in to show us your wares on The Home Show. And thank you very much for having me. And if I may, uh, to say thank you to your listeners uh, for supporting local uh, businesses for uh, last two difficult years. Of course, it's Valentine's weekend and we thought we'd give you some inspiration for your loved ones today and look at some last minute gifts for those who love design and style and interiors and all of that stuff, uh, which is everybody listening to The Home Show, I think. So we have our own Home Show Cupid on hand <laughs> in the form of Home of the Year winner, Jennifer Sheehan. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning. You? Welcome Good morning. back. Isn't it so hard to get gifts? It's so, so hard to find gifts, like especially if it's maybe a new relationship and you're not sure or it's someone very stylish. I even I struggle. See, but anyway. here's the thing. You are so stylish and good at that. <laughs> I think you probably overthink it. The rest of maybe us will go out and buy a bunch of flowers or a bottle of perfume or aftershave or something like that. But you probably want to get the absolute perfect thing. I don't do like flowers. Flowers do, die. Yeah. I always like, I get them, I kill them. I'm like, they start smelling after a while. When can I throw them away? Just whoever's listening, don't get me flowers. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and do get me flowers. Okay, right. (laughs) We differ. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Right now. So we've sent you out shopping to look at some Valentine's gifts uh, for people this weekend that just kind of mirror an interior. Somebody like yourself would want to get. Tell me what kind of things you came across. Well, I want everything now. There's fabulous things out there. But I'm going to start with very basic, but you can't go wrong with it. And one of the reasons I like this item is because I don't like having too much stuff and clutter in my house. Mm. I don't really want something that I have to keep on display all the time. So candles are perfect because you burn them down and then you get rid of them and you're done. So I yeah. just love a consumable present. I know what I just said about flowers. It's different. Yeah. <laughs> candles okay. are different. Okay. 
So, so uh, what did you find? Now, you found a really interesting one here um, because it has a dual... Pur- we're all for mer- multi-purposing. I'm all about multi-purpose. Yeah. I'm all about multi-purpose. So, there's, so candles seem to have really taken off in the oh, past oh, few oh, years. Like, I think yeah. it's maybe a COVID thing. I think, you know, all of these beautiful like kitchen industries and cottage industries have sprung up and candles are one of them. And we're just particularly good at smells maybe in Ireland. I don't know what it is, but there anyway, there's amazing one out there. So I the one I found that is dual purpose, which I think is so interesting, is from a brand called Paddy Wax. Brilliant. I love it already. Wax what with a an great X. name. Paddy Wax. <laughs> Perfect for Irish people. And the reason it's so nice is because the little uh, candle holder it comes in is repurposable as a little vase. Brilliant. So when the I candle burns down, flowers in, you could fine. put, okay, fantastic, okay. Exactly. So, um, so candles generally, scented, smelly ones. Scented, and smelly ones. try and find the scent for the person and all that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and I think some of the places you can go into, you can even ask, you can describe the person, they can give you back, you know, what do they like? What foods do they like? What's their style? And, you know, sometimes you can go into a place and find that there's somebody on hand that can advise you and can come up with some scent that's quite personalised. So that's a lovely story behind your candle buying experience. So okay. there's a fabulous brand I love at the moment called Le Bougie. They're mm-hmm. pricey. They're mm-hmm. spenny. I'm not going to lie, but they're beautiful. They smell amazing and they last forever. Okay. All right. And of course, if you want to go really upmarket, the world's your oyster. You know, there's lots of lots of uh, very expensive brands there. there okay. So so get that right. Now, um, chocolate. Well, now that's Does a traditional this sound gift. Right. Again, you just can't go wrong with chocolate. I'm not saying going out and buying a box of roses. But Irish, again, there's just some brands that have sprung up We're recently We're very good at this, Ireland. aren't we? I mean, We're we so do make beautiful artisan projects. Yeah, we are. And it's just, you know, again, I mean, obviously the pandemic was horrendous, but this, this uprising of these wonderful creative industries that have come out with so many Indeed. wonderful products. It's what great. are your favourites now? So I love Bean and Goose. They yeah. again were off market. You know, you're spending a bit of money. If that's a present you're buying, that's a that's a good solid present. Mm-hmm. That's you know, you've, you've mm-hmm. really put a lot of thought into it. They have the most amazing flavors. They're like, what's the word for them? They're kind of like um, chemists the way they <laughs> put things Alchemy. together. Alchemy. That's the word. That's the word. So Bean and Goose is great. I'm going to give a massive plug for Bra B R A W. They're Limerick okay. uh, Limerick based um, company, and this some of the flavors they've come up with. Oh my god! There's a peanut butter and jelly chocolate and it is mind-blowing right. okay. it is mind-blowing I, I had word for that. just fabulous okay. and lovely wrapping and everything organic and it's really 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 good right. that's brown limerick and then finally a beautiful very very pretty chocolates very tasty fillings is clove chocolates they're based in sligo okay. clo fantastic Beautiful. all right well i'm delighted that you did all of that thoroughly you research. are welcome i was happy to fall on that sword <laughs> uh, now flowers uh, now you said you don't like, I don't like real flowers so what have you brought what have you got for us now today? My absolute number one favourite item on this list. Anyone listening, feel free to buy me these for Monday. Lego flowers. They're gorgeous. On, I promise you. Lego, they're not what you're thinking. The children's bricks. Lego. You get a box of it, you make them yourself and you end up with a beautiful bouquet of flowers. And they look You are fabulous. I'm everyone really? everyone listening. Pull your car over, whatever you're doing, and Google Lego flowers because I promise you you're going to be surprised at how gorgeous they look. And then there's lovely permanent installation somewhere in here. You can put it into I'm your, your paddy wax face. I can't imagine having Lego flowers it's in so the kitchen. Nice. They don't like, they look, they're not blocky. 
you know, Lego is good at making uh, little yeah. different shapes. Like, swear to God, they're very colourful. Right. Well, they're of course, lovely. there's a Lego shop now, we're told, opening on Grafton Street oh, um, in the next few weeks or months. So so maybe people will find Lego <laughs> flowers in there. Well, I know they have them in Smith's. Smith's. If oh, anyone's looking right. around, they have them in Smith's. Who knew? And they're gorgeous, I promise you. Not Check a them shop out. traditionally associated with Valentine's Day, but there you go, Lego flowers. Right, <laughs> okay, Jennifer. Now, something homemade, something handmade. Yeah. This is ideas. easy. And I, mm. this again, okay, Lego, you know, I love Lego. I love Lego flowers. But my second favourite thing always to get is something homemade. And there's so much thought put into it. I mean, who doesn't love that? It's yeah. so nice. Yeah. So some things that I've come across in the past while is uh, you can make a homemade cookie jar. So if you just get a normal, you know, empty mason jar, get the ingredients for whatever, chocolate chip cookies, or I think maybe Valentine's Day, you could put in, you know, little pink sweets, pink m and or mm-hmm. pick out the pink M&M's with the pink Smarties or something like that. Um, and you put in, you pour in, measure out and pour in all the dry ingredients layer by layer. And you've got a beautiful cookie jar and it looks so pretty. Ah, and then you can great. just hand write the little instructions and say, you know, add on. Please make me cookies for 25 grams of butter, <laughs> yeah, two okay. eggs, mix it up, roll it out. And, and it's a really nice homemade gift. And actually, there's a gift that comes right back to you. And then you probably will get to eat the cookies at the end of the day. Here, yeah. listen, I'll sit here and, and read my book while you yeah. make up the cookies I've just given you. Wonderful. Another wonderful. one I really love if you're not into baking. And I really love this present for men because men don't get enough compliments. They don't get enough compliments. It's not fair. Get Women gifts. get complimented left, right and centre. So a nice book of compliments, I think, is a really nice thing for a guy to have. This is a super idea. And actually just a little, again, like a jar, a kilner jar and a mason jar and just write in maybe a motto yeah. or remind them how much you love them. Or Here's what I like about you. Yeah. I liked that shirt you wore last week. You're really good at this. Whatever it might be, all the things you appreciate. And, and it's something they can come day, back to maybe. when they're not feeling lovely, great. Lovely, lovely. I think that's a super idea, actually, for anybody. It's mm. really, really lovely. Now, uh, you're taking us to space for your final to item. <laughs> I, this one kept popping up my Instagram and I kept swinging past it. And then I remember clicking in one day and going, oh, I get it now. There's an Irish company called thenightsky.ie and they create these star maps. And I think this is so special and pretty. So you pick your location, mm. you pick your date. So maybe, you know, you had your first date uh, in a park or maybe you went to, you know, had a really special night in a certain restaurant, whatever. And you put those in and it prints you back a beautiful map of what the night sky, so the constellations of of the sky looked like Uh, on that that date and at that location. And how would you know? But that is beautiful. Actually, it is lovely. And it gives you the date and the space and the place and actually the kind of the um, coordinates. Yeah, exactly (laughs) where you are. And you can write in a little message to say, you Ah, know, this was that day or whatever. I love that idea, actually. Okay, the night sky. Brilliant. Okay, I love that. All right. Now, uh, so thank you very much, Jennifer, for all of that uh, Valentine's Day gifts. What would you like to receive for Valentine's Day on Monday, do you think? I'd take probably the Lego flowers and the chocolates. And the book and of the candles and the cookie and the nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, okay. Now, um, th- thank you very much for that. Right, okay, folks. If you have any ideas for Valentine's Day's gifts yourself, let us know, um, and you can text us five three one zero six, and we will add that to our list. Uh, now, we w- I wanted to talk about because we're all new trends, and if there's a new trend, Jennifer Sheehan I'm on it. is on the I'm trend. On it. And one of the things that seems to have just gone. You know, I actually got one of these for Christmas myself, but I haven't opened it yet. Oh, because I don't back? know that I'm convinced. It is the silk pillowcase. They're now, everywhere. I'm the Francis Brennan type of a girl, <laughs> right? I like my three hundred thread count, right? White pillowcases, right? Crisp and clean and hotel like, right? You're a fan of the silk pillowcase. Where well, did that go? Where did that go? What fan? is the thing? I, so I thought they were everywhere and. 
the, when I actually the reason I first came across them was it's a, probably a couple of years ago now even that, that they started popping up the reason I came across them is because I've got curly hair and it's frizzy everyone who everyone oh, listening who also has curly hair will know yeah. that your hair is frizzy there's nothing you can do about it it's a nightmare so I came across those pillowcases for hair because you get a great night's sleep and you wake up with much less frizz so that's where I went into it Okay. then as I was trying to convince myself because they're pricey like the one I they are there was less of them on the market I think when I like was like 40, 50 around. quid for one for one and this is the thing like I'm going to go through a few options but every time I've seen one online for sale or in a shop for sale it's for one who wants one pillowcase okay so the plan around so the, the, the thought process is that the natural silk fiber mm. somehow magically tames your hair, and it's supposed to be anti-wrinkle. Now we're all yeah, for I'm all for anti-wrinkle. So the reason it's supposed to be anti-wrinkle is because silk is much less absorbent than cotton. So apparently, it doesn't absorb the moisture out of your face or your night cream off your face or whatever. But not a you factor about I, that. Okay, all right, okay. I haven't. I'm not. I haven't really noticed a difference in my skin. I don't. I don't know. I don't know about that one, but I have in folks. my hair. Yeah, right. <laughs> but <laughs> you have in your hair, so you have seen a difference with it. I definitely notice okay. it in my hair. I really notice it in my hair. Now, and again, if you're shopping in the pillowcases a bit much, you can get those little caps. You know, they sell, the. I think even the Francis Brennan collection in Dunn's yeah. has a little cap you can get instead. And okay, not a good Valentine's you. Day gifts, folks. <laughs> don't get a night cap for your hair. <laughs> but a silk pillowcase. Okay, Sort your hair so out. It tames the hair because of whatever thing is going on in the silk. Yeah, and I guess it's smooth and you're not, yeah. there's less friction created and there's less static apparently. So Okay, so you avoid the Boris whatever Johnson look. Right, okay. <laughs> now, so cost. They are not cheap, so give us some uh, some God, places so that we can get that. I'm an eager, right? Because I bought mine whatever a couple of years ago, and it was the original company. It was Silkskin, and it was eighty euro for ah, one. Dear. So I would say there's probably no for, reason. There's that would so pay many like more now. For, what three blow dries? You need to worry about your hair. <laughs> a month of blow dries. I'll take that instead of the, the thing. Right? Okay. 80, yeah. okay. Eighty. Wow. Okay. And the one thing right. I'm going to say and give out about for this one is that it only comes in white, and I would really oh. advise you not to get white because if you like your hotel crisp, clean, Look, you don't it's want to. So them. hard to keep them white. Because yeah. actually, is that the thing? Do they lose any effect then if you chuck them in the in the yeah, you need to hand wash them or put them on your uh, silk wash. Oh, you need to use your bowl light and you don't it? put them in your dryer. They're, they're high maintenance. And, yeah. you know, no matter how clean you are, no matter how much you take off your makeup or everything before you go to bed, your pillow is just going to get a bit dirty. And yeah. it, I find it's very hard to keep it crisp and white. Oh, so right. I'd go okay. for a different colour. So silk clean. And then Blissey are, is probably the brand that lots of people would be familiar with. Yes. So Blissey are having a Valentine's Day sale. I was just checking out their website yesterday and they're 50 quid. Oh. Still, you know, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. Okay. Chunk of change. But yeah. anyway, and they've loads of different colours. Right. So that's the, my biggest, you know, preference oh, for them is okay. they've loads of colours. Okay. So, so I would go for that darker colour. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now bring us back to, back to reality. Back to reality. Duns. Duns. Duns have great ones. Fantastic. But they're still 40 quid. Just to remind for one pillowcase, right? So if this is something you are getting for Valentine's Day, you're doing really well with this present, okay. right? This but don't nice still present. have a fabulous homeware range anyway. They're absolutely they gorgeous. Do. So you never go in. You go in for one thing and you'll end up with 10 things. So yeah. the, that's the Paul Costello. Paul course. Costello have it in right. champagne and ivory. Yeah. So okay. at least not white, white. And then Francis Brennan has it in blush and grey, oh, which is a bit darker. Oh, yeah, so... 
I, I, again, I would just recommend the dark colours. back colors. down in the park in Ken Mayer, Francis. Right, <laughs> okay. And and then Buclem? Buclem. So this is one of the ones I first came across. Buclem is a hair company and they do yeah. specific uh, products for curly hair. So oh, they right. have one for €33. Euro. Well, actually, the they must know I came a across. thing or two because they do all that taming kind of conditioner yeah. stuff. All right. Okay. Exactly. Good. Okay. Well, that is the silk pillowcases. Um, if that is your thing, and we are talking all things, and that's a luxury option. So you're going to listen, open yours now? Do you know what? I... <laughs> I don't know. I, what else will I do what with it? What else are like, you going to do with know. it? Exactly. All right. Okay, I'll have to use it. All right. all right. Listen, Jennifer Sheehan, thank you so much for doing all of that homework for us. And I hope you have a lovely, um, productive Valentine's Day. Likewise, and same to everyone <laughs> And then you get, you get as, at least as much as... Uh, as you have given. <laughs> all right. And uh, if you'd like to get involved in the show uh, or have a question or topic you'd like us to cover, because that is all we have time for, uh, and anything you'd like us to look at, cover, or maybe get Jennifer to, to go off and do a bit of shopping, she's always game for it, <laughs> then let us know. Drop us a text 53106 for 30 cent. Email us uh, during the week, if you like, at show at newstalk.com. You'll find me on Twitter and Instagram, Sinead Ryan 100, and Jennifer under... At Workers Cottage. At Workers Cottage, of course, her beautiful little Workers Cottage. Uh, and don't forget to check out the Home Show podcast on the News Talk website. Thanks to the production team today, Gart Hall, Stephen McLoon was on sound. Anton Savage is up next. He'll have celebrity chef Gary O'Hanlon cooking up a Valentine's Day feast. And he's going to meet the new caretakers of the Blasket Islands. Listen, have a fantastic weekend. Uh, enjoy whatever you do and see you next Saturday at eight o'clock.